0: Welcome to the Real Deal of Parenting podcast with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood, with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor, with topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages, to high-profile issues and current events facing families. There's something for everyone. We've got a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show.
1: You know, and I think one of the most powerful things you said is this this was a bit earlier on and ties this all together, is we all sin, we just all sin differently. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it is uh it's it's a surrendering and, and, and almost a learned type of grace we have to step into to forgive ourselves, to forgive other parties, you know, possibly and and to kind of walk forward because again, I I said, you know, fear, I think is one of the biggest drivers today in everything. Fear is one of the enemy's greatest tools in in our past in living there. And I think you just said that so eloquently, so beautifully. And before we talk um, to kind of tie things up, uh, you know, about the the biggest stage you're going to be taking before we get in there. I know one question people are going to have Abby. And I'll be honest, I've yet to hear you know, different things I, I've looked at prior speaking engagements you've had. I never saw this asked. So there's going to be so many people that say, I'm pro-life, except in the case of this. Hmm. Um, what, what message do you personally send out to people who find themselves in a situation where they're told, the baby's not going to live long after birth or if they were raped. Um, a tragic situation that has happened that it seems a lot of people find themselves in that small percentage of I pro-life except in these ABC cases.
2: Yeah. What,
1: what message do you share
2: there? So it's sort of a, um, you know that's sort of just sort of that's sort of knowing the facts, right? So, all right. So, um, in situations where we're talking about fetal anomalies, right? Um, and uh, so we've got situations where um, people say, "Well, we need abortion for uh, fetal fetal abnormalities, fetal anomalies." Um or you know what if well, what if the baby's gonna die anyway? you know we need abortions for that okay, so let me just say um uh, reputable OB-GYNs, uh united states surgeon generals um they have come out, and uh any reputable ob gen will actually has actually you know will will any honest obgyn will tell you there is never a situation where abortion is necessary. There is never a situation where you must kill a baby to save a mother. Okay. So there may be situations where we must induce labor. Okay. So um, I'll give you an example. That actually just happened with a woman who was a part of a part of um, my ministry, uh, Love Line, one of my ministries. We had a mother who um, had a, a very uh, rare situation; her amniotic fluid uh, became uh, infected, and uh, she was 15 weeks along in her pregnancy. And, uh, this woman, uh, this mother became uh, septic and, uh, she was dying. Her organs uh, were shutting down and, uh, her doctor who was a a pro-life doctor, um, you know, it was coming to a point where she was about to go into a coma and, um, they said to her, you know, this is about to start infecting your baby as well. And your baby is is about to die. Um, Because, of course, the baby is drinking the amniotic fluid. The amniotic fluid is also infected. It's infecting you. It's now gotten into your blood. So you're both about to die. Okay. Um, The pro-life doctor is not going to go into her womb and dismember the baby and kill the baby. Okay. He's not going to do that. So what they did was um, they induced labor and uh, she ended up um, delivering her uh, little baby girl. And uh, this, they uh, provided care for the mother and uh, they very beautifully cared for this 15 and a half week uh, baby girl. And uh, she lived three minutes outside of the womb. And the family, uh, the mother and the father, got to hold her uh, during, that, during that three minutes time. And uh, they were able to, um, they were Catholic, and they were able to provide an infant baptism during that time. They had a priest there. Um, the family was there. And uh, they were able to uh, bury their child and they had a, you know, a beautiful uh, three minutes of time with, with their child. Um, The child was not killed by abortion. The child was not violently dismembered by abortion. Um, The child was um, given great care and was not directly killed. An abortion is the direct killing of a child in the womb. Um, an induction is not an abortion. Um, and it is not labeled as an abortion in medical terms either. Um, so it's like, uh, an induction is allowing a child to die naturally. Um, and you provide whatever care is necessary. Um, and if the child dies naturally, the child dies na- dies naturally. Um, it's like uh, it's sort of the equivalent of saying, "Well, uh, my grandmother is is old, and um, I can either allow nature to take its course, or I know she's going to die anyway, so I'm just going to smother her with a pillow." That's sort of. The, the the difference here. Right. Um, there is uh, there is nothing, uh, and 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 a lot of abortion proponents will say, well, if you make abortion illegal, then uh, you know, then situations like that wouldn't be able to occur. Um, but that's not true because in every uh, in every language in the law. Um, abortion is very clearly defined in every single, uh, in every single term of law. Abortion is very, very clearly defined as the direct killing of a child in the womb. Um, so induction would not be labeled as an abortion ever, um, the term of art inside of law is always very clearly defined. Abortion is always very clearly defined in the law. So that's often something that abortion proponents will say to um confuse pro-lifers um, into saying, you know, oh well, wait a minute, maybe 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 we shouldn't uh make abortion illegal. Um, but don't be confused. By abortion supporters, um, there is uh, there is there is nothing confusing um, about the law. Uh, the the language is always very very clear in the law.
1: That's that's extremely helpful. Um, you know, you have it's just been recently announced. You are about to take a very big stage. Um, in speaking, tell me about that. Is are you? Were you shocked? Were you excited? Um, what an incredible honor! You've spoken so many. You know, you've had yeah, you've spoken so many places, done so many. You've been everywhere, but this is big. What 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 do you have next on the agenda?
2: Yeah, so I'm speaking at the Republican National Convention tonight. Um, I, I am, uh, very excited. Um, this is probably the big, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like this is probably the biggest stage I will ever have in my lifetime. Um, I don't know. I said that when unplanned came out and then God keeps surprising me. So,
1: um,
2: so I'm excited. Um, do you, but, have
1: do you have something prepared or you you seem like one of those speakers you do so well, it just comes naturally to you.
2: Yeah, no, I had to have something prepared. Um, they make you like, you know, write up your speech and then, um, and then that you have to use a teleprompter and stuff, which is very, uh, that is very d- Different for me. Uh, I've never used a teleprompter in my life. I I you're right. I don't, I'm just very off the cuff. Mm -hmm. So this is very foreign to me. Um, but uh very exciting. I mean, what an honor. Um yeah, when I got the call, I was just completely shocked. Um, when I got the call, I was in the middle of Walmart shopping <laughs> shopping for school supplies. Um for half of my kids. So um yeah, it, it I mean, it's just what an honor. It's so crazy, you know, um the things that God is doing and uh I'm excited. I was excited last night. I thought the convention was great. It was way better than the DNC. I felt like the DNC was so boring. It was such a snooze fest. And um, I felt like last night that was really great, started off great. And so I'm excited um, about, about tonight. So,
1: well, I mean, we wish you such luck. And I think because you, you speak with such conviction and passion and certainty um, I just know God's going to, to bless your words. And I just think he just is going to continue to give you these platforms to reach so many is you have a message and a story and a path that he's using for so much good and so much of His glory.
2: Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, you know, I will tell you this. Um, I, I got five minutes to talk. So I was like, okay, I got, I got to give like the most profound pro-life talk in five minutes. (laughs) Like, it's not like it was like a really big burden, you know, like I got to really knock it out of the park in five minutes, you know? Um, But I think the speech is good. And, um, and I tried, I did my best to really expose as much as I could. Um, I, you know, I share my story um, and uh, I share the barbarity of abortion and I even slip in the, um, the racist roots of Planned Parenthood, which I felt was really important, um, especially with just all of the racial tension in our country right now. People need to understand the foundations of Planned Parenthood and um, and what they're doing to our minority brothers and sisters right now. Um, so I, I had to slip that in, too. So what I can tell you is that no one will be able to listen to this five minute speech and walk away and say, I just didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know what abortion was. Everybody is going to know and um, they will walk away. Definitely more informed. So.
1: That's incredible.
2: Wow. And you, you have
1: so much going, you, you did grow in, you have love line, which um, is one of just one of your ministries, right?
2: Yeah, I have several, I have several ministries. So, um, love line is a crisis line. So, um, it's, it's for really anybody, um, who needs assistance. We help, uh, single moms, we help single dads, Um, We help women who are um, leaving situations of domestic violence. Um, It's just, it's a crisis line for anybody who needs help, Um, you know, to plug them in um, to local help, to get them, you know, whatever they need. Uh, We've helped people who are homeless. We just, whatever they need. Um, So um, I've got Love Line. Uh, That's a project of pro-love ministries which is an umbrella organization where we um, fill in gaps in the pro-life movement so we have an international uh, ministry called love beyond borders where we um, we support a couple of pregnancy centers um, in other countries in south america we support an orphanage um in South Africa that um, houses over 640 African orphans. We do uh, ministry down to the Texas-Mexico border every few months where we take um, an 18-wheeler full of supplies. Um, We have um, another ministry called Mama Scholar, um, which is a scholarship program for single moms to finish their education. Um, So we have a lot of ministries under Pro Love Ministries. Um, And then, of course, I have my original nonprofit called And Then There Were None, which is um, an organization that um, helps bring hope and healing and new employment to those um, who are inside of the abortion industry who want to leave.
1: Wow. Wow, so much. And then you're also um, launching a podcast this month called Politely Rude. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And this is, and again, and I also, I'm not trying to be weird. I love listening to your voice. You're a very good speaker. You're very, you're very poignant, but you're very calming. I'm just, I think this podcast is going to be great. And so what can people expect? What's all under the umbrella of politely rude? Is it like talking about family life with eight kids? Is it talking about abortion or everything?
2: Yeah. Sort of everything. So politely rude drops tomorrow. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it'll be sort of everywhere. And, um, yeah, I, um, I'm excited. Like I, I'm going to talk about all the things like politics and life with eight kids and, um, yeah, I mean, definitely life. But honestly, I feel like, you know, the abortion issue is just one of the symptoms of the attack on the family. I mean, if we're honest. I mean, there is a systematic attack on the family a- across the board. And um, that that's really at the heart of what I want to talk about. And so... Um, you know, I'm going to have guests on and um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun show. You know, my first, I'll tell you, I've already recorded my first uh, episode. And, um, you know, one of the things I get into is people who have face tattoos. I i needed to talk about that. Um, I needed to talk about, you know, I see people with face tattoos And I, I have just a real strong desire to walk up to them and say, "Do you still feel good about that?" Like, (laughs) I like I have to like physically stop myself (laughs) from walking up to them and being like, "How do you feel about that ten years later?" You know, right? Right. I saw a picture of a guy that had a tattoo like right here over his face, and it over his eyebrow, and it said, "Overtime." And I thought, I want to know the story about that. And I want to know if he regrets that decision, like even just a little bit, you know, or is he like, nope, I still feel real strong about getting over time, like tattooed real big right here. So I I talked about that a little bit. I, I needed to know just people's thoughts about face tattoos. So, you know, it's not too serious. There's lightheartedness and fun. There's lightheartedness, yeah. You know, in there. So um it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm excited. So yeah, politely rude because my husband always says that's what I am. He says you're you're not rude, you're politely rude because you're southern. So right. I, love, love I, it. I love it.
1: And so Abby, what is the best way if someone's not following you now, how can they get in touch with you? How can, where, and what we're going to do, we're going to make sure on this thread, we have all these things linked so people can easily find them. But where are you most active on? You have a huge platform on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What do you recommend? Like, where should people go? All of them?
2: I mean, I'm sure. Okay. So I have sort of just, um, it just sort of depends on what, what what you're more interested in. So like the political, more political Abby Johnson is on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the more like, uh, you know, pro-life storyteller version of me is on Facebook.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, The more like funny see pictures of my kids is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm also on parlor, but I'm not on that very much. Right. right. I don't know. Like, are people on Parlor? I don't know. Everybody just kept telling me to get on it. So, this is bad.
1: I don't even know. I need to Google that.
2: (laughs) I'm on it. I don't know. I don't have, I only have like 4,000 followers on it. It's not, I don't know. But everybody kept telling me, like, get on it, get on it. So, I'm on it. I need to
1: look into that. But
2: so, yeah.
1: And I think that's great too. Someone, someone like you, they, it it depends on all the platforms, they're going to get a different piece and taste of you. Um,
2: I'm not on Pinterest. Well, I am on Pinterest. I, somebody was like, Oh, you've got to get on Pinterest. And I was like, I think I actually have a Pinterest, but I never pin on it. So I get on Pinterest and I look on my account and I actually have like thousands of followers on Pinterest. I I have not pinned on Pinterest in probably like, 10 years. Okay. Like I yeah. But really? I have thousands of followers like just waiting for me to like pin my favorite outfit or something. I don't even know. I don't even know how to use Pinterest anymore. So I don't know. I guess I need to like pin my favorite couch. I don't know. Oh my god. I love
1: it. <laughs> I just love, I appreciate how real and authentic you are. And um, your message is just incredible. And again, like I said, we're going to link everything in the comments below here. Check out Abby. You have to check out her movie, Unplanned. Follow her tonight. Watch her. Send her good thoughts as you take the biggest stage ever. I am so excited for you, friend. And I keep, I, I'm certain that God's going to keep giving you more platforms because your message is is absolutely crucial.
2: Thank you. Well, I, you know, I just, I love what I do. It's an honor to do what I do. And, um, I don't know. I'm just so thankful that God has given me, um, given me this platform. And, um, Oh, you know what though? I did want to address one, one thing really quick because I just saw a text come in from, uh, one of my dearest friends and I left this hanging and, I don't want to end on a downer note, but I I did leave this hanging and I wanted to address it because this dear friend of mine um, actually um, conceived a child through a gang rape. And I didn't answer that question. And so I want to answer it really quickly. Um, People, That's something that people always say all the time. Like, well, what about, you know, in cases of rape? And, and so I just, I want to address that really quickly. Um, you know, there's actually been a lot of—not uh, a lot, but there have been. Uh, there has been some research done on uh, women um, who conceive uh, through rape, who conceive uh, children through rape, and they have done some studies. And one of the women, uh, one of the the women who is uh, most well known for doing studies on this, um, her name is Dr. McCorn. And uh, she's done some significant study on this uh, peer-reviewed research. And she has studied uh, how women emotionally fare after conceiving from rape, um, whether they parent their children, whether they place their children for adoption, or whether they have an abortion. And, uh, And so what she has found through her research is that Women who conceive in rape, the ones who parent their own children or the ones who uh, place for adoption, fare better emotionally, significantly better emotionally than the ones who choose abortion. And what she goes on to say is that this makes sense because the act of rape is tragic, it is violent. It is one of the gravest violations against a woman's body that can take place. And um, she needs to heal from that trauma, right? Having an abortion then um, on top of that many times just weeks after this first violation of her body further re-traumatizes her. Um, and creates another wound in her soul, in her spirit. And so now she's not just having to heal from the first violation. now she's having to heal from a second traumatic event. And what they find is what she found, what Dr. McCorn has found, is that the child then actually is a source of healing. Uh, from from the assault and uh, and these women do far better emotionally in the long run and uh, and so it's a really beautiful thing and you know I have Many friends actually in the pro life movement. Uh, There's actually a a group um, called Hope After Rape Conception. There's another group called Save the One. Um, There's another group called Love Louder. Um, These are groups where um, these are people who have either um, conceived from rape. These are women who have been, women and men who have been conceived um, in rape. Um, And, you know, they are walking exceptions and they're out here saying, you know, I chose life after rape or I am an exception and my life matters. I was that 1% and my life matters. And if I held up a picture of two ultrasounds, a baby conceived in rape and a baby conceived in love. And I said, which one was conceived in rape? You wouldn't be able to tell. And, you know that's, you know that's really that's, that's what it comes down to: is there humanity in the womb or not? A person's worth is not defined on how they were conceived. Um, and so uh, you know, life is life, and and if I'm a person who says that they're pro woman. And I look at all of the research that's been done surrounding rape conception. Um, then I have, to, I have to be a person that's going to say to this woman, what has happened to you is terrible. But because I believe in you and because I believe in your emotional health, then I can't possibly in good conscience say that abortion is the right decision for you. Because I know the research. I know what it says. And I know that emotionally you won't do well if you have an abortion. And because I know what's growing and living inside of your womb, I know that that baby has worth. And I know that that baby is a part of you. And I know that that baby deserves to be loved. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's what I always tell people when they talk about that rape exception. So I just wanted to,
1: I am so glad you addressed that because I feel that's one of people's biggest arguments. And in my 37 years of life, I've never heard somebody give an answer like that, that I feel can't be argued against. I think that was so eloquently put and so beautiful. Um, And I love that you have the research there too, to show how women heal you know, after both of those scenarios, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. And just, you know, as we close this, Abby, everybody out there, is, we're, we're living in this time of people are being silenced, people are afraid to speak up, whether it's about this, or or the, what's happening to our children, the sex trafficking, there's just a number of issues we're dealing with. And what, what advice, as simple as you can give, what would advice would you give to men and women right now on how to not worry about being attacked or hated or laughed at? Um, how do you get to that level of freedom of knowing I'm going to speak not just my truth, but his truth, God's truth, and, and not caring about the repercussions or not caring that you're going to be laughed at or not taken seriously? How how do you get to that? Is that, is that also a practice, something you just have to keep?
2: I, th- I think so. I mean, I think, so. I think, I don't know. I think I was sort of born with that. You know, I think some of it is like a personality, you know, just really not caring. Um, I think part of it is that, but I think also like, I think that takes practice too. Uh, my mom always said, she's like a really good Southern lady. And my mom always says, honey, if you're a Christian and you're not making somebody mad, then you're not a very good Christian. <laughs> so I believe that with like every fiber of my being because being a Christian means being a truth teller, right? And, and not your truth or his truth or their truth, like that's a lie, right? But telling God's truth and, and, you know, being charitable, being, you know, telling, telling always truth with charity, but in truth with love. But here's the thing, those who are opposed to the truth will always find the truth
0: offensive.
2: That, so even no matter how much love you douse on God's truth, those who are living outside of his truth will always find it offensive. And so you just can't worry about that.
0: Right. You know,
2: I mean, I am not going to, when at the end of my life, I'm not going to stand in front of my peers or my friends or all of you and account for what I have done here on this earth. You know, I'm going to stand in front of God. I'm going to stand in front of Jesus Christ. And that's who I want to make sure that I don't offend in this life. So if I offend the people around me because I'm talking about Jesus too much or because I'm proclaiming his truth, oh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, that's okay. I mean, even my daughter, who's 13, to be 14 in November, she was talking about with her friend who, you know, for whatever reason, her friend has sort of gotten into the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And, and I'm talking about the organization itself. And, um, you know, my daughter's this good little Christian girl who listens to her mama right now. And um, I'm just waiting for the other like foot to drop. Right. And um, she came to me the other day and she was like a little tearful. And she says, my friend just says that if I keep talking about how the black lives matter movement is destructive to Christianity, that we can't be friends anymore. (laughs) And I said, oh, Grace, I said, well, what, you know, what have you said? And she said, well, I just told her that, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement just, you know, they just, they really, it's not actually caring about, about black lives and that they are, you know, for abortion and that they are about the destruction of the traditional family. And that as Christians, that's something that we just can't support. And, you know, and she's like going on and like, just dropping the hammer. Right. And I'm like. (laughs) baby girl, like, I like you are amazing. Right. And, and I just looked at her and I said, Gracie, I said, baby, I said, were you speaking God's truth? And she said, yes. And I said, were you doing it with love? And she said, yes. And I said, well, that's all you can do. And I said, unfortunately, this probably won't be the first time in your life where you're forced to choose between God's truth and a friend. And I said, I'm sorry that it's happening to you at age 13, but at all times you have to stand up for Jesus Christ at all times. And honestly, that's the real deal of parenting. Oh, oh, I just got chills. I mean, that's the thing is that we have to teach our children, no matter the cost, no matter what, that you stand up for Jesus Christ, because there may be a time where they have to risk it all to stand up for him. And we need to be teaching our children that even if they have to risk it all, it's worth it.
1: Well. You you brought it this morning, Abby. That what a way to close. That is that is powerful and beautiful. And you know these are things that just can't be taught to our children. It's modeled. Your daughter has learned this from watching you be so courageous. Um, and and I think,
2: gosh, that's so powerful. But let me tell you something that is God's grace too, because my daughter spent the first three years of her life inside of an abortion clinic with me. So Mm -hmm. the fact that God has, has, has turned her into this amazing, like just servant for him and, and this amazing warrior for him guys, that is God's grace. You know, I mean that God protects our children. She doesn't remember anything about being inside of that abortion clinic. I mean, she doesn't remember anything about going up there with me every weekend when she was a child. She doesn't remember anything about the people that were there at that clinic. Like God protects our children and he protected her and that's God's grace too. That's his mercy too. And so, you know, he has been protecting her all along the way as well. And, um, and that, that's, that's part of his mercy as well oh
1: my gosh just have all just have all the feels over here (laughs) absolutely beautiful and i just and i cannot thank you again on one of your biggest professional days of your life one of the biggest speaking engagements you're going to have you've taken this time out to be with us this morning and i've seen some comments coming in of so many people saying this person needs to hear this. So many people need to watch this. And uh, like I said, if we can save any baby's lives with this and we can help any mamas heal from this and fathers who have been in a situation um, because healing, absolutely. You're living proof of that. And I'm Abby. I'm so thankful for your voice, for your work and, and your courage. It's, I know you talk about those 22,000 babies' lives, and, th- and then I think about the hundreds of thousands. I pray millions that you will save. Thank you. That's, so, the, prayer. That's the prayer. Well, thank you, Mama. Um, this was amazing. And everybody, we're going to link all of Abby's things um, in our comments. Watch her tonight. Support her. Send her well wishes. And tomorrow that podcast drops. So I want to be able to link
2: it too. So yeah. exciting. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. everybody. Thank you, okay. Reagan. Thank you. This has been fun.
1: Thank you, Abby. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be watching tonight. Abby, good luck.
2: Okay. It's supposed to air. This is what they've told me. It's supposed to air sometime between eight and eight thirty central. So yeah. Good to know i should have asked that okay perfect yeah 8 and 8
1: 30 central i know i'll be watching okay. <gasps> thank you abby
0: all right bye everybody Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. Let's talk soon.